Welcome to the Drive Time Podcast. This is Ray Ortega, CEO and founder of Grata Software. Welcome to episode three, where we go further into the conversation of the MVP. Thank you for returning back to the podcast. Appreciate you coming back, listening a little bit more about what I have to say. I hope uh, the content's good for you. I hope it's starting to whet your taste buds. Today I want to talk a little bit further about the MVP. I know I touched on it uh, on my last episode. It was a really quick one. Um, Just so you know, I'm on this drive today. I'm heading over to a new uh, potential client. Talking about the improving their business using analytics. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, we've already had the conversation about the business aspect of it. Today is a technical talk, which is why I'm going to it. Uh, my team does a great job at drilling down the need of the clients before I actually come into the meeting and go straight into the architecting and the technical conversation and tie that back to the business processes and things like that. As we talked about yesterday, an MVP is the minimum viable product. It's the first iteration of an idea that you want to put out there for the public. It's not necessarily for the general public, but it's for a handful or a little bit more than a handful of people to test out to see what the mar- what you are doing and how the market responds to it. So the MVP is very important. It is the way to save money so that you can test the market and make sure that what you're going to do is going to actually work. There's a step before that called the prototype. And normally we start off with a prototype. And the prototype is, is the UI, UX... This is what the application looks like. This is what the application is going to function like. The purpose of the of this step, the prototype step, is to kind of just get the idea out there and just test if people even like what this app's going to do or this software is going to do before they step into the actual, okay, I need to actually use it. Okay. Prototypes are really cheap. You can do a lot of them for, you know, next to nothing depending on if you have some friends that are designers because it's mostly just a user interface with fake interactivity in the background and you could do this type of work in Photoshop or your designers can do it in Photoshop and then export to tools like Envision um, Envision app you, you can export it and click do you know have clickable flow within the design so that it looks like an, a functioning application to someone, you know, just previewing it, essentially. There's other tools out there like XD from Adobe. That's what we use in the office. We used to use Envision, but we use XD now. Um, but there's others out there. Lucid Charts is a very quick way to make a prototype wireframe, things like that. And so a lot of times when we have a new concept, or, or I'm sorry, a client has a new concept and, and we're the ones that are working on their concept, we'll come in and we'll create a prototype and then we'll out, we'll have them go out and survey their market and find out if if it's worth uh, to even go forward into this into that project. After that, that's when we actually hit the MVP. The reason why I mentioned the MVP first is because most clients go straight to the MVP. It's not a bad idea. It's just it depends on your company. If you're a small business just starting out, you may want to start with a prototype to make sure you're not spending your hard-earned cash on building something that nobody wants. But most of the companies we deal with have millions of dollars in revenue. They have profitability. 
and they have a capital budget that they put aside to, to start working on a project, on a new concept. And so those concepts is what they send to us. So what we do is we come in and we focus on building that concept to an MVP. We don't mind doing, in fact, we're the ones that try to push prototyping. But like I said, these companies have already established, they've already done the market research. They know that this is a valid business to go into or a valid product to build. And so they want to have an MVP so they can launch it out to their current customers. You got to, you know, mind you, this is not always a new product, right? So our some of our customers have are well-established, already have a customer base, and I've already heard from their customers that they would like this product. And so that's what I'm talking about here. If you have never don't have a customer base and you don't know if they like your product, I would recommend a prototype right off the bat because you could spend a couple grand with a prototype, get a feel for the market, find out if they're going to like the product, go out and interview people, get feedback, figure out what features would be really cool that they want, and then when you focus on your MVP, you focus on specifically those features and the things, the cool things that they want. And don't focus on the things that you want. So that's one way of handling it. That's one way that we recommend it because we do get sometimes people that want to build a full-fledged product. Sorry, we have people that want to build a, we have people that want to build a full-fledged product. And that full-fledged product has a bunch of features that they don't know if people are going to like those features or not. And and to be honest with you, there's been several in, several moments in my career where we've built an application with a bunch of features and the clients are using a quarter of those features. Cuz some of the features they're not trained in, they don't understand or whatever what have you, and so they end up not using it. And so we've just spent, you know, 100, 200, 300,000 dollars on a feature that nobody cares about. So so that's just something. So that's why the MVP is important. So now further going into that MVP, like I was saying earlier, is now you have to start the process of building that MVP. And so the first thing we always recommend when you're going to build your MVP, you start off by building a wireframe. Okay, the wireframe, essentially you can use a Lucid charts or there's actually uh, um, some wireframe software out there that you can use that allows you to build a very simple wireframe of the of how the page, how the application, the UI is gonna be formatted. And then at the same time that's happening, you gotta build a data model. You gotta know exactly what are the things that you're gonna have in this MVP. What's, the, what's the, the core function of the application? What's the problem it's trying to solve? And you gotta go in there and kind of decide, okay, so this is how the data is gonna look. I wouldn't go at this alone this is why you hire companies like ourselves, like Rata Software, because this is what we do. We'll go in there and create the data model and figure out, okay, based on what you want and how you want these users to be interacted in your system, you're going to have to build a data model that looks kind of like this, okay? Now, the reason why we build the data model, now, mind you, we're, we're going straight to MVP here. We're not going to a prototype. If you're doing a prototype, you don't need the data model. All you need is the UX, UI design, and, and the flow. That's all you need. But if you're going to an MVP, you do need the data model because you have to start building a foundation that you're going to build on top of. Once the MVPs launch, if you start getting product traction, chances are we're moving to new features and we're going straight to the the alpha beta, you know, alpha or beta release and then or maybe to a full production release. And so you need to start building a foundation that you're going to build on top of as you build this application. The way I explain this to my customers is it's no different than building a house. When you build a house, the first thing you gotta lay down is the foundation. But even before the foundation, there's still some piping that has to be done. 
if you hire, you know, if you look at, talk to any plumber out there who builds new construction homes, the first thing they do is they go out there and they put all the, the, the piping based on the schematics of the house, based on the diagram of the house, the blueprints, they start laying out the piping the found, the right before the foundation. But the foundation in general is the foundation and all of the plumbing that comes from the ground, right? That's the foundation of the house. That's the first thing that you have to build. So if I ask for a four bedroom, three bath house, I already have the blueprints of building that foundation so that it can handle a four bedroom, three bath house with all the piping that's required for the plumbing. So that's your foundation. And, and when you build on top of that foundation, I mean, the purpose of that foundation is so that you can build on top of it, right? And that's what your MVP is doing. You're building that foundation so that you can build your other features on top of it. Now, some people, especially the large conglomerates, what they tend to do is they may go into an MVP of a new idea, but with the with the whole concept of scratching it. Is if it if it works, okay, now we'll build it the way it should be built correctly. And they have the money to do so. Small businesses, they don't have that kind of money, so that's why we tend to push to getting a nice foundation on that MVP. And so again, you start off with you got a wireframe. And then with the wireframing, once you approve the wireframes and everything looks good, the formatting is correct, then you build on that prototype, right? And the prototype is just to get a feel for how the UI interacts. And once you approve the interactions of the UI and how the flow works, then you start attaching, you know, you start building the actual user interface on top of your, your essential data model. So going back, the first step is you build your wireframe and you get those approved. The second step is you build your prototype, which is a user clickable interface to get the concept of the flow. And the third thing you do is now you start attaching your prototype front end to your data model back end. That's the third thing you're gonna do. And so once you have that, you'll have user interface that interacts with the data now does that have to be a fully functional data model probably not we'll create a data model in firebase or an apiary or something of that nature and then we'll have the front end prototype connect to that back end so the user interface will start to make calls to the back end to get data and these are all static data so it's not dynamic data it's static data because we're still testing and we're still building towards the foundation of this application. And what this does is when you get to this iteration of the project, you can click through and kind of see how the data returns and how it shows up on the screen and all that kind of stuff. And it gives you that kind of feel. And then you can sit there and say, okay, well, I like this, or maybe this is too much data, or maybe the text fields are too short. Maybe we need to elongate them for more space, all that kind of stuff. So all those kind of things come into mind when you're, when you're doing these steps. And so once you get to that point, and once you get those approved, then you start, you complete the MVP process by actually building the, the full interface that connects to a full backend API. And then that API is the one that has the data model, but it's dynamic data. So you're actually calling your gets, your sets, your, um, you're calling a lot of the, um, we call them in the, in the industry, we call them CRUD operations, which is create, read, update, and delete. And so CRUD operations is like your basic foundation of, of data modeling.
of, of going and getting data, posting data, all that kind of stuff. And so what you're doing is you're kind of attaching all of that together with your front end, and that's your fourth step, right? So the third step is where we have a prototype connecting to a data model on the back end that's static, that's for, just for you to be able to function through the application and see what it looks like when the data when data's there. But your fourth step is the actual building of the backend API that's gonna handle your business logic and connect to the database, and then your front end that's gonna connect to the API. Now it's no secret this has happened, this happens everywhere. This is not like something new. You can pick up any book on how to build an MVP, and chances are you're gonna get a very similar situation. Um, there are different renditions of this. We like everything built in a more scalable format, so that's why I keep talking about a separate UI versus an API. For us, it's better moving forward to build a solid foundation, as I said. So having a separate interface from your API, from a backend API that handles your business logic is the more optimal approach, and that's in our opinion, okay? Some people will tell you that in, when you're doing an MVP, just do what's called a monolithic application, and the monolithic application is, is essentially where your user interface, your business logic, and your data all of that is all handled in the same the same system. And you'll see people out there say, use this framework, use that framework, or whatever, and that's true. That is a cost-effective solution to build an MVP. The only problem with that approach is that once you build the MVP, if you get a lot of traction, you've, you, ha you now have to scale, you have to scale what's called vertically, not horizontally. And when you scale vertically, that means you're just adding more and more processors, more and more RAM, more and more hard disk space to a server. And you're just consuming more and more processing and server space and all that stuff. And then you just have to keep expanding the box, expanding the box, expanding the box, and then you run into a limitation. And then once you run into that limit where you scale, scale vertically, then now you have to go in and break apart the application into microservices which in turn requires a complete rewrite, redesign, re-architecture, and then a whole different infrastructure. And we like to make sure that our clients, three years down the road, are not having to rebuild. We wanna make sure that they're building on top of and moving forward. So those are the four steps to getting to MVP. So the four steps we talked about, the first step is, first you gotta do your wireframing and get the UI formatting correct. Don't spend too much time on that because the longer you spend, the longer it takes to get your stuff out there. The second thing is once you do that, build yourself a prototype. And what I mean by prototype is a clickable um, user interface that allows someone to kind of get the feel of the flow. And once you get nailed down the feel of that flow, then the third thing is to connect your front end uh, a clickable prototype to a back end data model using uh, an apiary or firebase or something like that so that you can kind of get the feel of what the data looks like coming to the interface and how it interacts with the interface and then once you got all that done then go ahead and the fourth thing is to is to finish building the back-end api and the front end to connect to that api and then the api to handle the business logic and then the business logic you know and then all that business logic attaching to the database and getting the data from the database all right so i'm going to conclude this podcast right here and we'll talk further. I'm almost at my destination and uh, we can go a little bit further. If you have any uh, questions, concerns, if you have any ideas of further topics to talk about or anything else to, to add, please let me know. I'm, 
I, I want some feedback and I want to know what we can do to, to help, um, you know, to help uh, provide more content that is going to be useful for you. All right. Thanks for joining this podcast and I'll see you at the next episode. Thank you.